Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline, and I'm on the marketing team. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Liz. I head up the Ballard creative team. We're your host. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of each show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. Now, on with the show. All right, we have a special guest today. Her name is Suzanne Reinstein. She was born in New Orleans an internationally recognized interior designer, but she now lives in Los Angeles, where her longtime shop, Hollyhock, was. It's now closed, but Suzanne, you have just completed your third book with Brizzoli, which we were thrilled to get an advanced copy of. It's called A Welcoming Elegance, and we're so happy to have you and get to pick your brain about this gorgeous book. So welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. You've written two books before, but you were mentioning before we started recording that you had not shared any of these homes, you know, before writing the book and compiling it. So I was curious just kind of, you know, how you were approaching a third book because you've you've shared so much. So what was sort of your um, concept for this? Well, these these are fairly recent projects, and I decided not to put them in a magazine, but to save them for this book because all of these clients were people who came with a point of view. It really kind of understood how they wanted to live. They were all at different points in their lives, but all ready to make a change of some kind. And uh, I really enjoyed being with them. And they all either had collections or they had gathered things along the way, which is kind of how most of us do it. It's not as easy as just a tabula rasa, but it is challenging in a really good way. I so enjoyed working with these clients and they, as I say, they're well-traveled, they kind of know, but they needed assistance in figuring out what the next it was interesting because they all had a point of view and they kind of knew that they wanted certain things but at the same time they needed help in going to the next step one couple had uh you know were empty nesters and lived in a four-story townhouse in San Francisco, but at the same time, uh, they they wanted help in rearranging things. And I'll, I'll give them a, as an example, because they, they had a lot, of, collected a lot of things over the 38 years they'd lived in this house. And they had beautiful antiques from the sort of Glory days when Gaylord Dillingham and Robert Domergue, and there were so many antique stores there. And those mm-hmm. were really incredible dealers. So they had those kind of, I would call, more formal antiques, and they're beautiful. At the same time, this couple hikes every weekend around San Francisco in the hills. They are also big trekkers. They're involved with, uh, so they have uh, different things. They have some beautiful Buddhas that they've collected on their travels. They think nothing of trekking in Africa for weeks at a time. (laughs) So they have some beautiful things, rugs from Morocco, things from this and that. And so we use the two-story 60s add-on that was added to the house. And uh, we put all the, all the, the, the wonderful souvenirs from uh, all these trips down there. So we have Moroccan rugs and we have rhino uh, shields from Africa. And, you know, we have just, also they have a superb collection of uh, 
Oh, was it the Colombian? Um, yes, the pre-Columbian. Yes, which uh, there's a wonderful uh, antique cupboard at March in San Francisco. And uh, I was inspired by that to make one and painted a, you know, a, a, a beautiful blue and have very discreet lights in there. That was a gorgeous cabinet. Yes, I loved this project. The family had lived there for over 30 years, but we're looking to, and initially we're looking to move, but then you helped them sort of, you know, rethink this space that they had been so intimate with, but was not functioning anymore. I loved just sort of the thread that you gave the book about transitions. You mentioned in the um Yes. In the introduction. And I just thought that was such an interesting way to look at homes because, you know, often many of us are go through transitions in our life and we don't necessarily, or maybe sometimes it's more obvious, you know, empty nesters, for example, it's very obvious when your home doesn't function and you have a different life than you did. But um, I find often we don't think of our homes as a place to either ease or help a transition we're making in our life. So I was very fascinated by that as sort of the, um, you know, a touchstone for the book. And then another family, what they have a growing family. <laughs> Their children are getting married and having babies. So that was another thing to look at. And certainly I, from my own house, uh, my getaway in, in Montecito is that, uh, you know, my, uh, I became a widow. I lost my full of life husband. And uh, I, I've always wanted to, to be in Montecito because I just think it's the most beautiful place. So I was in a hospital bed. <laughs> recovering from an accident I'd had in South Africa. And I saw this come across because I'd been looking in this particular area. And uh, and I saw it and it was mine a few days later because I knew it was going on the market. I can't even believe I had the nerve to do that, but I did. <laughs> and it was great. Yeah, and so I love that house. It's really just for me. You know, my, my daughter's off on her own. No, I was just going to say, it looks so serene. And yes. I was curious if you could tell us a little bit about what it looked like before and, and sort of where you, like how you landed on a vision for the house. Yes. I always knew that if I ever was lucky enough to have a place in Montecito, that I just wanted it to be relaxed and Zen for a better word, <laughs> lack of a better word. And, uh, you know, it was wonderful. So I, I, I didn't know what the house would look like, but I knew it would be soft colors and have special things that I cherry picked from the books. And I have three granddaughters, two of whom uh, are incredible readers and one who will be as soon as she really gets it. <laughs> she's she's seven, but she's a good reader, but she's still a, e, uh, you know. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> Using the phone. Still learning. Yeah, she's still learning. So, you know, so I cherry-picked a lot of books, and then I made that crazy, wonderful Princess and the Pea stacked bed, you know, bed in there. And it's just so beautiful. And I had so many friends that are up there. And I uh, knew that I wanted to see the mountains because growing up in New Orleans, honestly, there is a monkey hill that was built by the WPA in the park because it's so flat. <laughs> they had to build, it was called Monkey Hill. And if like I think one time it may have snowed growing up and everybody went there and, you know, it was just... School closed, I'm sure, and no one knew what to do in their car. 
<laughs> I know. It was great. And the uh, whole city is. So I knew I wanted a view of the mountains. So I did. I got the, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, Santa Inez Mountains and the Ortega Ridge. So I love looking out there. You know, it's just great. It's it's so um it's such a special house I mean from the photos because um it has almost sort of a contemporary feel to the structure but then you've really peppered it with antiques and artifacts unusual fabrics and so I was just kind of you know surprised and excited to see that because it seems like they would be disparate sort of points of view this mm-hmm. sort of very contemporary you know sleekness but then the antiques how how did you you know how do you blend them all right so i i bought this house sight unseen <laughs> and this the same family had lived in it for a really long time and so you can imagine how things were at, to the point where one of my clients for whom I'd done a, a more traditional house up there, uh, my love said, Suzanne, some decorator has bought this house sight unseen. And I am just, uh, I hope she knows what she's doing. I, she said, do you know who it is? And I said, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. oh my gosh anyway I'm uh, sure she was relieved that it was you (laughs) or she said okay I just hope you know what you're getting into you know it was kind of rotting wood on the outside and all these uh, kind of vines growing over it but uh, I I loved it I could see it you know even in my hospital room anesthesia adult between surgeries and I you know maybe I wouldn't have bought it (laughs) if I hadn't had all this meds inside the meds inside of me but uh anyway I'm glad I did I love the house and uh you know it 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 has the most beautiful view of the mountains as I think you probably saw and uh you know uh I just, I love looking out. And so I wanted the inside to be really simple. And I worked with Dick Boris and James Sharon, who one of the many things I like about them is um, they get into whatever style the house is or you want it to be. And they love doing research and they, you know, love all that. And, um, so at first, my thought was, because I, I, I like to have a narrative going. First, my thought was, uh, oh, Carlo Scarpa found this, this place in Montecito. And I thought it should be that and have, you know, metal doors and all of that. And that didn't quite work out. So then I moved to kind of be inspired by Cliff May, you know, the fantastic uh, California architect and um, who was there, I think mostly in the sixties or whatever, and who brought back, not brought back. I want to be very careful what I say. He worked in the, in the uh, genre of uh, ranch houses. And uh, so we kind of went to that, but in the end it was sui generis with their, what, wonderful doors that came up and it you know it's just it's open but there's spaces I don't like personally one big place because I do love to read and I do love to be by myself and you know feel good and uh yeah you know I just love the house and uh then I I just I wanted very special things in there Thus, I have the uh, uh, Sarah Graham drawing. I love drawings because the way I love watercolors because it's the 
hand of the artist seems right there, you know? And uh, so I've always loved drawings, old and new. And uh, I have her big, huge drawing, which I love. I, lo I love her, her colored paintings, too, which I think are better known, but I have to have my you know, things the way they are. And then when I was in England, I knew I wanted works on paper for this house. And uh, I was in England, and there's a couple, the Ramses, and I bought from them 25 years. And they have wonderful things. And I found this uh, portfolio of Picasso uh, pochoirs. Of course, at that point, I did not know what a pochoir was. And uh, so I did, you know, research after, after I bought it, <laughs> after I bought the portfolio. And, uh, you know, it's uh, very labor consuming to do a pochoir and um so a friend sent me various things on that and you know uh, i have pictures of all these women in white lab coats you know down to their knees the way it once was and then they use it these were pochoirs of a uh Pochoirs of a notebook, a sketchbook that Picasso had done in '46 when uh, I think uh, Françoise Gillot was pregnant, and he, that's where he did all these satyrs and lot, lots of different things. And it's called the Antipolis. Yes, it was one Antipolis. So the pochoirs are where they use the actual kind of pencil, whether it's a thick pencil or a thin pencil or whatever, and they make uh, templates and then they use the correct pencil or crayon in there. Anyway, I couldn't be more pleased to have them. And so it was so fun gathering these things as, as it was being built, you know, and for in there. And um, then, you know, uh, had a, another uh some uh, an actual painting from um, an artist that Jerry, Jerry Bland carries, Emiko, um, uh, uh, yeah, Emiko Imai Hoffman. And I have some of her collages and some of her paintings, but there are not a lot of things in there. And then there's a wonderful shop there uh, run by a woman who has loves uh, the local drawings that were really done there during the in in, in Santa Barbara and a lot of collages and things during the uh, I would say it was during the sixties and mostly. And I just had so much fun uh, chasing after and getting to know some of these artists. And again, they're mostly drawn. So it's, you know, it's just been fun having something different. Oh, anyway, so I was going to start off with uh, that Carlos Scarpa and kind of have more modern. I realized I can't live without my antiques. And uh, especially, <laughs> I thought it would look really good in there if it were, uh, uh, if there were pieces with a real patina. And so mm. there's wood that's just wonderful. And several things I've gotten up your way in Atlanta. And uh, oh, from yeah. William Word and other people. And it's they sell such a wide variety of things. So it's really, Lots it's of really antique fun. dealers here, yeah. Yeah, so many from all over. Well, Suzanne, um, you know, you're, you're known just in your work for combining antiques. And it's so, you know, it's so evident through the, the book. Um, and you mention how many of your clients, um, some of whom you'd worked before, but 
that you had helped them shop for antiques for a different house. And then they, you know, were transitioning to a new space that, you know, maybe didn't even share a lot stylistically with the previous home. And I was curious just how um, those of us who are, you know, learning to decorate for ourselves can can help to transition things and that we have in love into new spaces and how you reimagine them and how we can do that as well. Because I've always encouraged the designers who work for me, who are doing their own houses, who are building up their own things to buy one good thing a year. It can be the most beautiful old basket that costs more than a basket should. It could be, you know, a chair with great lines. It could be a watercolor that you find that was done by somebody local. But I I maintain that I've learned so much from two real things. One is that I've been fortunate enough to be in houses where people lived well, not necessarily grandly, but well. And to see how people live, it's important to know how your client lives and who would know better than you yourself, you know, whether you have little ones that some people have a messy husband, some people have a messy child, some people... Or the mess. I don't know. <laughs> have both. Some people have a messy husband and a messy child. Yeah. And then if you buy one good thing a year, so it could be, you know, beautiful old basket, doesn't have to be fancy, or it could be something that you adore the lines of. And again, it might be a little more than you would normally do, but, you know, it's your save up, it's your present that you're getting for yourself. And so that if you change from loving neutrals and you go into bright colors, you still have these nice pieces that you can look at, you know, put a different cushion on, reupholster, slipcover. And, but you still have a few good pieces that will lift up the Ikea or whatever. I mean, I like Ikea, you know. Are you know something you get I, I at a house for many things? Yes, it is. I think, and so you can order around, but at least what you buy is uh, something interesting and something that you can take around. So you can go from neutral to a lot of color, and you can also go from having a lot of things, you know everywhere to fewer are the other way but i, I think love that's that idea a, of lifting up that is great advice it's very smart yeah, yeah. you know you, you're, to, you're, you know it's it's like uh my mother said if you buy good accessories by which she meant a nice traditional leather purse or uh, you know, whatever, something like that, or gold chain. And you can lift up <laughs> the things you get at um, that maybe aren't the highest quality. But do you know what I mean? It's, it's good. You'll always have this beautiful purse and these nice shoes to wear with your, your whatever. So it's good. That makes sense. Liz, you've got to jump in here because I feel like I'm asking all the questions. <laughs> no, you you give so many wonderful bits of wisdom in this book. Um, another one that I really love is that I think you, you kind of touched on with the Ikea is either go Rolex or Timex. Don't go in between. Yes. Can you talk so a little smart. bit more about that? I learned that Yes. Well, um, again, it has to do with having beautiful accessories and then maybe you spend less on, you know, simple clothes, but you still, or you wear granny's pearls with the, you know, something that's a 
doesn't have to be fancy, but a beautifully, you know, made uh, pocketbook or purse or what are we calling them these days? Bags. <laughs> Bags. Here's your bag. Here's your whatever. But, uh, you know, it's that kind of idea. You know, well, anyway, I'm, I've, I like traditional things with a little spark of something else. So, you know, that's good. Yeah. And then you'll always have the oddball touch thing. Touch back you know, on... Maybe something one of your children made that you love because it's colorful and the rest of your house isn't or something your husband brings you home from Mexico or whatever. You know, you have to have a little something in there that gives it. A little pizzazz, yeah. Yes, a little pizzazz and a little difference, yeah. Yeah. I want to touch back about your Montecito house because the one thing that I really loved about about the home is that you repurposed some rooms that fit the way you live. So we talked about the the princess and the pea in the reading room, but that was was originally a dining room. It was and a you placed a bed room. in the middle. Yes. Well, it's actually three, yeah, mattresses. That's layers. That's why I called it the princess and the pea. Yeah. Oh. Layers. And then there are all these pillows on it. The pillows you can push to more forward if you wanted to look at the fire. But, you know, if you wanted that, because there's a, a 70s fireplace on the other side. There used to be a door opening on the side through the, that went into the living room. And, you know, I still have my house in Los Angeles that I've lived in for almost 45 years. It's a proper 1914 Georgian revival. And this house I knew it, I walk in the door, my blood pressure goes, ah, and there are so many alpha males who've walked in that house and said, I don't know if you could get me out of that place. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, of of which a lot do, you know, because my friends get them there. There's, There's great golf all over, you know, Montecito. And uh, a lot of alphas play that, yes. So, you know, it's something that appeals to a lot. And my thought was to get my oldest girls in there because it's, you know, you just feel kind of lazy and good and you can look out at the mountains so you can build a... It, it, It was more formal. So I took, we took some of the walls away and uh it opened up others and made the i made a, what i call my enfilade and it's that eight feet wide and it goes down the end to the kitchen and so just made things and left one room with the low ceilings so we could hide all the you know ac and pipes and things and I painted that one dark. Uh, Mouse is back, which I color I love because it has gray and warmth in it. And um, yeah, so, uh, you know, I knew I wasn't going to get formal dinner parties. And uh, the other thing, I love dappled light. And I think I liked it before I even knew what it was. <laughs> But I just remember Jared Manley Hopkins, you know, his his uh, wonderful poem on dappled things. And uh, still, and that's why I wanted to do the the pergola, with, which has bamboo fencing on the top, so it gets that great dappled light. And built the little fireplace outside, which was terrific. And um, so it's great. And I believe in mixing things. I love, I love some of the plates you do. I love that whirly gig plate that uh, Bunny did for you. 
and uh, you know that I guess that's what I call it the blue and white kind of yeah goes like that and other things and uh, yeah they're tw- is it's called twirl anyway you could uh, I mix that up with that in my other house because I love it with I have blue and white I've always had blue and white in this house and so it's really great and um, you know that you do the uh, the curtains with with uh, sort of a wonderful uh, edge on them that goes in and out. Mm-hmm, the scalloped so edge, pretty. yeah. We scalloped can see your edge, we can yes. to see your your hand motions, so <laughs> the uh, listeners can. But yes, the scalloped edge. Well, one of the things that yes, I did notice, and you were sort of talking about this with the Montecito house is. Um, and there was one project in particular um, you were talking about, and I want to say it was in, well, anyway, it was in California, which I think most of them are, but you were talking about how the client wanted to live more casually than they had in their previous house. And so I was curious because, um, you know, I think many of us think of antiques as having a more formal look and feel to them. So um, I was wondering, like, what your favorite ways are for uh, making sure a home feels casual, even if you're decorating primarily with antiques, like, um, you know, s- s- things that you go to, to make it feel more, um, you know, just relaxed. Yeah. Well, I think one thing is having comfortable places to sit. And at my age, I'm finding more and more people want to have a a chair with arms on it to help them get up. <laughs> and uh, and I want everybody to feel comfortable here. So, uh, you know, and I've always, I think I learned this from growing up in New Orleans, but I've always loved parties with all different ages. And luckily, Windsor Square, where I live, is an area where there's, Everybody who, from, well, one of my friends is 96, and she lives in her grandparents' house that was moved from downtown to Windsor Square, you know, probably in the teens or 20s. And she raised all of her children there. One of her grandchildren was in my carpool, and now she is the uh the pediatrician that everybody goes to <laughs> if you have children. Suzanne, I wonder if it's time to get into our listener question because we have something we have a question sent in by Jen and I'm sure she would love your feedback. So if you're game, let's get into it. I am game. <laughs> All right. So Jen writes, hello, ladies. Thank you for your podcast. I so enjoy listening to each episode. I've learned a tremendous amount from you and your guests. I would like some assistance with decorating my very small entryway and hallway. It's currently painted in an eggshell finish. I'm tired of the dirt, etc. that shows up from daily use. We have three kids under four. Wow. And as I'm sure you can imagine, all kinds of things end up on the eggshell colored walls. I'm itching to do something fun in here. My initial plan had been to apply wallpaper to the ceiling up to the bulkhead that appears two thirds of the way down the hall, possibly take it up the angled and vertical wall above the stairs. However, I'm now considering a vinyl wallpaper for the walls instead, something with pattern and a bit of color to mask the dirt, and that can be thoroughly scrubbed. We've considered some sort of millwork or paneling, but the the hall is narrow, so I'm worried it would feel crowded. I also suggest painting part or all of the wall, a semi-gloss or gloss finish, but my husband worries it would look too modern. Here's my main dilemma. The walls in this entry are unevenly long. The left wall is shorter in length than the right wall, so do I run whatever treatment to the end of the walls and disregard the uneven lengths? Do we embrace the bulkhead and frame it out as a doorway of sorts and end our wall treatment there? Which wall treatment should we use? Please help. 
I'm thinking myself in circles here and getting quite dizzy even typing this. We want this part of our home to feel like a breath of fresh air, vibrant, and a bit of fun. I'm grateful for any feedback and suggestions you or your guest could give. Warmly, Jen. I think this is something a lot of people struggle with because, you know, like where's where do you end a wallpaper if you do want to you know, and especially in this world where everyone has like an open concept or they're more common. So yeah, she's got sort of this strange little uh, like bulkhead or sort of a, a place where the, the soffit, yes, soffit, that's the, like, you know, where the, the ceiling heights change. She's got some doorways, but she wants to make this space fun. Suzanne, what do you think? All right. So if she wants to do vinyl wallpaper and finds an all-over pattern that she likes, I'm with her. And I would just cover every bulkhead and every, and, and probably some, I would do a, a, a small pattern because I think that'll hide a lot of ins and outs. Um, uh, I really do. And maybe she can put a contrasting uh edge, you know, around parts of it to delineate it. I'm all for that. And I think it's a great idea. However, if it were mine, (laughs) or I was doing it for somebody, I would use paint. And I've done this before. And it works with children. And I commend her for managing these, you know, Four, four little children or three, whatever it is, it's a lot, I know, for my daughter. And um, and uh, so here's what, here's a suggestion. First of all, I think she's talking about the color eggshell, and it may be eggshell also a finish. And what I would do is there are so many good paints out right now, and the big... Uh, paint companies such as Benjamin Moore, they have people on the other end who will help you and use them. They're there to help their their customers. Um, Do you mean like the guy in the Benjamin Moore store? Like the guy at the paint table or? You can get in touch with their main, I guess it's headquarters or whatever, but they have people You know, you interesting. Can okay, I didn't know this. I mean, working in a out of the way place. Last year, we had an issue with painted floors, which you probably know I love. And anyway, they gave us really good help on that. It just that you know, these painters who were perfectly nice and conscientious, but they just didn't know kind of how to do it. And uh, so we were really helped. So I'm, I'm just putting that out there. I'm sure all the other, you know, uh, good paint, large paint companies have it too. And they want to help. That's the thing. Um, anyway, so here's what I do. I, I was drawn to the uh, beauty of the blue cabinets in her kitchen. I think that's her kitchen. <laughs> and the and the yellow door. So she does, she wants to keep it young and, and fun that way. So here's what I was thinking. Those are two great colors to bring into there. And then the third color I would have would be, don't freak out, a red. <laughs> but I would find one that maybe had some uh, deep rose or pink undertones rather than just primary red. And um, so what I would do is I would, again, take about this much, the width of uh, paint tape, and maybe do a line across the bottom of the baseboard and around the edges to, you know, make it its own room, but not it's not something that's just taking the uh, spotlight. So I would do that. And then I would paint the uh, walls similar color to what it is now, but washable. 
you know, something that you could use a sponge on or to get off because it's inevitable. I mean, even if you had four adults, you'd still have, you know, uh, fingerprints and things. And so what I would do is that, and then I would do pinstripes of the beautiful blue, the yellow, and this red. And you can do them. uh, And oh, what I would do is get foam board, large pieces, and I would put it on there so that you can see what it would look like and you can hold it up or you could even, since you're going to repaint them, you know, tape it on or something. And I think you'll begin to see, I've, I've done it with pinstripes, I've done it with the paler ones, a larger, and then, you know, the stripes with the other colors. And I think if she gets, the nice thing about using the foam board is that you can practice and see what's good and then put it up and, you know, okay, mm, I like that. No, that's going to be too much going on. But it's a way to get, it's a way to get something that is, fun, pretty colors that I think she already loves. And, um, and it's not, it doesn't just take your breath away. You know, it, it's just something nice that'll be on your way to the kitchen. Oh, and then in the kitchen, it looks like to me from the picture, there's an aluminum kind of uh, cork board with some things on it. I would make that a feature and make it higher and a little wider, cover it in a check or something like that, you know, upholster it, and then put tape on it. So you can put a child's picture in, along with the, if you don't pay the gas bill by X, you're going to blah, get arrested and taken off in a paddy wagon or what, you know, whatever it is you, um, you can put up there. Somebody's, your high school reunion picture which is what I have, which looks a little better than now. <laughs> and um, anyway, I'm a big believer in that and that it looks, it, it looks like it's in the kitchen. And I think it would be fun. And, you know, she is a, a youngish mother running a house and having these children. And I think it's great. And she and her husband obviously care about it. And I don't think using either an eggshell finish or, an, or a satin finish, which is probably what you need to be able to, you know, take a cloth and wipe it off. Uh, I don't think that will look too modern. I think it'll look fun, frankly. Okay, so she's taking the two colors, the blue, the yellow, adding sort of a rose-colored red, mm-hmm. and essentially making her own wallpaper with painter's tape yes. and paint in this small hallway. Um, and I love the suggestion about the foam core. That is so smart. That's great. Yeah. yeah. That way she can really kind of get a feel for whether she likes it. And, right. and even and if she can, wants to yeah, test out colors. The walls and decide. The nice thing about uh, sort of more, uh, more narrow uh, lines, yeah, or uh, yeah, more narrow lines, is that it gives you a little more breathing room. And um, I I mean, I've used this trick variations of it in in formal dining rooms. I've done it in fun hallways. You know, you, you can bring in colors from other rooms and also, and I think this is something to think about. You can get a painter to do it. You don't need a specialist painter to do it. You know, you just need to be explaining and then you'll have your foam board to show them. So and she could, she could do other things. You say pinstripe. Are we thinking like quarter inch? Like not an exact, but like ballpark of. Even yeah. like an eighth of an inch, like really yeah. just thin. Yes. Okay. And then another way you can try is the 
the paler color a little wider. And, you know, honestly, mm-hmm. you know what? I did it in my dining room so many years ago, and I still have it. I love it. But I, I copied. Um, a, it, it was a, a classic striped wallpaper, but it was in kind of maroons, and that's not what I wanted. I wanted these blues, and so I ended up. Uh, my my painter did it, but he was really good, and he did it with glazing so and and I've just done that in a in a house that's going to be in my new book uh in their dining room we did it with glazing but several different colors but you don't have to get that you don't have to get that complicated it looks great I did one wall coming in and there was a there was a uh you know a a a wall line around it and wood. And we did it above. We did it in a green, very thin stripe. We did it, I I think, green. uh, And I know a red, but it didn't look Christmassy. Don't worry. Uh, Because it was just, you know, a thin little fine line. So, I mean, she could have fun. And she could, and then see exactly what she wanted. And look at it from the various other rooms too. So it's something that shows you care, shows that you've taken time, but at the same time, it's like not overwhelming. I yes. love the idea, and I I'm a big stripe fan because I feel like it goes with every other fabric. Yes, and it's so mm-hmm. clean. It's crisp. You know, it's not fussy, yeah. and it's easy to pull off. To your point, I mean, she could hire someone to do it, but she could, if she feels confident with some blue painters tape, she could get out there and exactly. give it a whirl too. Exactly. So, yeah. You know, and then she'll have something in a way that's sui generis that really uh, speaks to her house and her family. So that's yeah. that's my final. I mean, that's what I would do. And yet I think her idea of the small wallpaper that you can go through with a magic wipe or whatever and and get it. But um, I salute her for caring. So we kind of see where the hallway, you know, kind of opens up into the kitchen. Would she just end the either wallpaper or the wall treatment that you're suggesting? Right at the corner. Like she doesn't need to frame it out or anything, or does she? She doesn't need to, but she might want something on the bottom. It could be fun. You know, across the bottom, maybe across the top. I don't know. I would have to be there. But, you know, the nice thing that this is a way to see, get an idea what things look like before you commit. So... I wish I could. I love that yellow and that blue. It's so fun. I love paint. I love painted floors, as you probably know. Oh my gosh, Suzanne, it makes me want to do it myself. I'm like, oh, my gosh, paint my floors. They're kind of, you know, like my husband would murder me if I suggested that right now. Okay, <laughs> you, you know, one so, day, one day, but one day, you know how time is yes. everything. <laughs> right? I he's like, you want to move out all of our furniture and paint the floors? Uh, no. Yeah. But I lo- I just love that look too, and I feel like the older it is, like the more the longer you've had the painted, the better the painted floor looks with it sort of like worn in places, and it sort of you can see the um the wood grain come through as it wears. I just think it's so charming i've always loved a painted floor good well this has been so much fun with you two now don't forget if you get out here for uh lcq Legend, yes yeah yeah we will give you a call Suzanne. thank you so much this was fantastic this was really a great loved, conversation absolutely loved getting this well delightful questioners and you obviously have a great audience too we have amazing listeners. We really do. We do. They are so 
kind and thoughtful and um, give us great feedback and always have great thoughtful emails and feedback for us and they love decorating which we love decorating so it's just a good um yeah it's a good friendship i was gonna i would love for you if you don't mind just telling our listeners where they can find your book and um you know how to keep up with you okay find me on instagram at suzanne reinstein you can pre-order my book a welcoming elegance on amazon.com or wherever you purchase books locally so it's pre-order right now and you can pre-order it at uh amazon.com and can follow me at suzannereinstein.com <laughs> i'm really looking forward to uh having the book out and um one of the things that's so fun about it is, except for my house and my getaway in Montecito, none of the others have been published. I saved them all for this book. And uh, what's interesting to me is that uh, they're all clients who just happen to come with a real point of view, their own. And things they've collected along the way, and um, and we re- it's a it's not easy, but it's a wonderful challenge to work with people who have you know things that have been important to them and weaving them in with the new things we need. And everyone was at um, a certain inflection point, as we say now. Children out or getting married and having more, or, you know, in my case, uh, I was widowed and um, have always wanted a place in Montecito, and um, I bought it. <laughs> it's just for me. And, um, you know, it, 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 I love that about people, and they're thoughtful, and they're, all these pe- people are readers, you know, which I love. And um, one client said, Suzanne, if we don't feel drawn into every room to read, we will consider this a failure. (laughs) It's like, you got it. Wow. (laughs) There you go. It's a good. um, Yeah, I know. Yeah, good goal. It's been great. Well, I loved, I I loved the element of transition that we spoke to and, um, earlier and and just sort of that thread of um you know your book or i'm sorry your your home is really there to nurture you through transitions in your life whether they're good or bad and we should you know create homes that will nurture us and kind of you know cradle you as you're as you're going through those lives life's transitions so i kind of, i loved that that depth to your to your book it was Um, really insightful and and heartwarming and that's our show you can find all of the show notes on our blog howtodecorate.com slash podcast to send in a decorating dilemma email your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space and of course be sure to follow us on social media at ballard designs don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode and please leave us a review we'd love to hear your feedback until next time happy Happy decorating. decorating